Power is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. and Scotty 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone happy Friday everyone I hope you're all having a tremendous day how you doing buddy not as good as the NFL's doing buddy Ooh, my goodness saw those financial numbers yeah did you see the cap move yeah what 30 extra million so the NFL salary cap was sitting at about 225 million uh take a little and now it will be at 255 million give a little so well over $30 million, $30.6 million increase per organization. That tells you, uh, look, it, it is not. Everybody wants to give it to Taylor Swift and say, oh, look what Taylor did. Taylor did it. Taylor did No. No, not not this. Stop it. No, not she this. didn't, man. You, you can't move the cap dial by $30.6 million by putting a singer on uh, up in a booth or two like, well and it doesn't change it like that no 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 that doesn't that's not going to increase your basket or your football income and remember this is all based on income football related income and then and so no no taylor and travis their relationship didn't kick in until mid-season that's not going to impact it you, you know what did impact it it's teams Increasing prices on tickets, yep. and that's it. So if you're like, "Wow, the cap went up!" Oh, I'm so excited because, well, I look, I would be if I was in the NFL now. Oh yeah, but the reason I'm bitter is the same reason that my uncle Merlin was bitter, and the same reason my uncle Phil was bitter. It's because as we've gone into the NFL and since left the NFL, and now we're watching the NFL, we're like. Oh my God! Great at two hundred ninety-eight thousand dollars on my rookie contract. I thought two hundred. I thought two hundred ninety-eight thousand dollars on my rookie contract. Unbelievable money. Yeah. Now it's eight hundred thousand. Really starting to creep into that nine hundred thousand dollar range. We're going to be a million dollars in a rookie contract in no time. And you know what it comes and needs their sports. Yep. Because you pay for it, you consume it, you watch it on TV, you buy their jerseys, you buy concessions, you buy the tickets, you buy the booths, you you pay for signage, and the numbers are astronomical. A thirty million dollar cap increase, Scotty. That is a huge percentage of what it already was. It's over ten percent. Yeah, and that's the other thing too that blew past all projections. It's one thing where you're like, okay, well, we anticipate it's going to be this and and then it happens, but nobody anticipated this increase. Nobody anticipated it would go up this high. 
So it even blew away the projections of what they thought it was going to be, which is ridiculous. I know it's a Friday, and I know that we probably shouldn't have a serious conversation, but just for the sake of interest, when COVID hit, I really did think people and sports were going to become less important. I thought through COVID, forced to spend time with their family, and you had to get outdoors, and you couldn't be in large groups, and we couldn't go to game because nobody was there. And it was like, geez, man, I thought, and we even had conversations during COVID about this, I thought that sports was... And it obviously has not, especially the NFL. No, no. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're having a little technical issues. We'll do a quick reboot here. And uh, hopefully we have a better connection when we come back. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Apologize for the little technical difficulties. We'll get through it. All right, let's get to it. Time for your starting lineup right here on The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Song. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for your starting lineup, Hands. Well, last night, the Utah Jazz kicking off post-All-Star break with a loss against a pretty terrible Hornets team. And I do want to point out that this Hornets team is not the same team that it was at the deadline. They made some changes. They've made some improvements. That, that's obvious, and we saw it last night, Scotty. But the Utah Jazz losing 115-107. to 107. But for me, what I saw last night, it's not about the loss at all to me. I actually went into the game, and there were some buzz and rumors. You had mentioned it to me before the show got started yesterday that there might be some jazz changes. So I kind of had my ears open and eyes open, and then I saw some other things start to trickle out later, kind of getting closer to the game. And lo and behold, your starting lineup goes John Collins, Lowry Markkinen, Colin Sexton, rookie Keontae George, and rookie Taylor Hendricks. Yeah. And as the game started and as the game started playing out, I was like, is this really the direction you want to go? Is this really what you want to do? Well, Hendricks starts balling out. You see Sensabaugh rotate in. Sensabaugh ended up with 13 minutes last night. He had seven points, went three of six from the field. And as I'm watching things play out, they rotate Walker Kessler in. Kessler struggles really badly. I think it was about like at a back into the third, maybe beginning of the fourth, with some bad defensive possessions, some bad offensive possessions. And 
Then I watched them rotate him back out and working Hendricks a little bit more. And then the fourth quarter, not so much Hendricks and Sensabaugh. But the Jazz end up losing. And the very first thing I thought was, that was brilliant. What the Jazz just did is brilliant. Because if the Jazz are trying to press Walker Kessler, and the Jazz are trying to push Jordan Clarkson, and the Jazz are starting Chris Dunn and Colin Sexton, and they've got Walker Kessler out there, and they're pushing that starting group, Scotty? Yeah. If they lose that game, I feel way different than this group and those minutes losing this game. So it's brilliant. It's a, it's a win-win for Will Hardy because Will gets to say to Jazz fans, hey, uh, just so you all know, we're going with the rookies. We're going to be playing youth. We're developing, starting, and playing youth, which says to everybody, hey, calm down because it's, it's really not going to be, be about wins and losses because typically I would have come out of a Hornets loss firing mad just saying, geez, man, here it is again. Chris Dunn not doing enough, and Walker Kessler looking immature and out of place, and John Collins inflated contract, and Collins Sexton locked in for the next few years. Oh, yeah, stomping around. Instead, you come out of that, and you're like, oh, okay, man, Hendricks looked good. Hendricks had some good minutes. Well, that third quarter from Taylor Hendricks was a really good moment in evaluating what he's capable of doing. And 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 what was it, 12 he scored in the third quarter? Um, I, I, I think that there are some moments that you can take away from him and be like, okay, all right. we. There's some things we can build on. There's some things that we can, uh, we, we can, we can work towards. And so, yeah, I mean, honestly, what's the season about right now? It's about development, right? Yeah. I think that that's the message that they're sending. Yeah. I just. I mean, I think that we can take that playoff and we can take that play-in game and just kind of like just kind of shove it to the side and say, okay, what do we got out of Keontae George, which I think we've already established. What do we got out of Taylor Hendricks? Let's throw Bryce Sensabaugh out there and see what we got. Fine. All right. But let's go all in on that. Let's not dip our toes in both sides of the water. I mean, Taylor Hendricks needs to have. Taylor Hendricks had 25 minutes a game, 25 minutes last night. 20. He needs to be playing 25 minutes a game the rest of the season. Well, because I think it changes everybody's mentality and attitude towards wins and losses. Because a loss just doesn't mean as much when you're seeing the rookies' minutes boost. I said it as soon as I saw the Jazz sell at the trade deadline. I, I said it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it. Now they they could prove me wrong. Maybe the rookies come together and start lighting it up but this is not a postseason team it's not even a play-in team anymore nope nope in fact this is a team that is about to face 25 remaining games 16 of them on the road and one of the one of the most difficult schedules to finish out the season is what craig bullerjack told us yesterday on the show i think the number four most difficult and we are going this is what we're going to see a lot of Hendricks at 25 to 28 minutes. Keontae George at 28 to 32 minutes. Bryce Sensabaugh at 13 to 18 minutes. We're going to see Chris Dunn's minutes probably reduce. Maybe Jordan Clarkson continue to push. 
And Larry Markinen needs to just find his own internal motivation and find a way to stay happy. This is why I talked at length about Larry Markinen yesterday. The Jazz have to keep him happy. Happy. He's got to find internal motivation to keep himself happy, and he's got to find little stepping stones that that keep him happy. And you know, as Bowler mentioned, you get to the ten spot now, and it's a massive accomplishment, and and maybe something Larry can hang his hat on. But I just don't see that happening. I don't. Not yeah, with this team. I don't see where that's possible now. Uh, the thing that unnerved me a little bit coming out of that game was Walker Kessler. And I actually put out a post last night about Alex Jensen. And I don't need to be reminded, you know, what influence Alex Jensen had on Walker Kessler or or he had this coach or that coach or he was doing this. And then I, I attached Alex Jensen to Rudy Gobert and people were like, well, he wasn't Rudy's primary coach. Look, go read the reports on what Rudy said after he got his second defensive MVP. Go look at who he thanked first. Go look who he attributed a lot of his growth to. And I know that Alex Jensen was not solely placed on Walker Kessler for his development, but you can't tell me that Alex in moments didn't walk over to Walker and say, hey, Walker, I'm just telling you right now, if you get to this point and you switch this foot back, you're going to have the perfect block out. Yeah. If you if in transition, if you see this ball movement and you run at this angle, you're going to get there before this guy. Try it. And even in just that brief interaction and some tips, because if I'm Walker Kessler, Scotty, and I'm sitting there as a rookie and I'm looking at Alec Jensen and I'm like, this is the guy that developed a two-time defensive MVP? Yeah. Uh, wh- say anything. Tell me anything. There was a lot of influence there from Alex Jensen in Rudy Gobert's improvement and even Walker Kessler's initial jolt into the NBA. Well, and and you're right. Alex was not the primary coach for Walker Kessler last year, but that's not to say he shouldn't have been. And, And Walker looked good last year, and I think that Alex Jensen would have been really good for Walker Kessler this year as his primary coach yeah like just because he wasn't the one last year doesn't mean he shouldn't have and he shouldn't be here coaching walker kessler this year yeah um i think that's a uh, frankly i think that's a missed opportunity but i do, I do too and, and, and i'm not this is not an attack on the current coaching no staff because no. they they've got what talent they've got to work with and they've got a tough situation that they're dealing with so i give this coaching staff a lot of slack a lot of slack because they're just – they're thrown into a pretty ugly mix. And if I'm Danny Ainge and if I'm Ryan Smith, I'm reminding every one of them. I'm calling Will after that game and I'm saying, hey, coach, I, I you know, I, I love what you did, the, the push on the rookie numbers, good. Keep them, keep them up, keep them on their minutes. And just remember, it's not about wins and losses this year. Just remember that and let your staff know. And if your staff starts getting down, let, let me talk to them because this is not – we are, we we are we we have not put the ingredients in their bowl to make the perfect dough. We know that. And be really specific because Scotty guys can get down. Yeah. And guys can start fearing for their jobs and then when they start fearing for their jobs they start pl- placing calls. And then they start looking around and saying, "Hey, look, this things aren't looking good here." And and then it becomes an ugly mess. So there's a, there's a lot of ugliness in professional sports when it comes to losing that you've got to get out in front of and prevent. 
if you're Ryan Smith, but you can do that right now. Yep. And yeah, it should have beat the Hornets. It should have. Yeah, Hornets picked up their grand total of 14th win last night. Yeah, 14th. 14 and 41. 14 and 41 is that number. Yeah, that's not good. And in, in the you know you're you're on the Jazz home court. Yeah, that's not going to make your fan base particularly happy. Nope. And and I understand if you went to that Jazz game last night, you weren't thrilled. I totally get it. We're not blowing smoke here. Um, we understand that that's a game that the Jazz should have won. And if you paid good money to go that game, we can understand why you're disappointed. But also know that there's an end game here. And the Jazz are going in on the youth movement. And as soon as, you know, and I'd caught wind of it, I think that uh, we kind of alluded to it on the air yesterday. And when you saw it come across the Taylor Hendricks, we are. This is where we're at right now. And buckle up. Sorry, Bowler. But – this is what you're going to see. You got 25 more games left of this. Well, and you got San Antonio as the final home game in this nice little stretch that the Jazz have had. San Antonio comes into Delta Center on Sunday night, and they're 11 and 45. And they they currently have three fewer wins than that Hornets team, and I wouldn't be surprised to see San Antonio beat the Jazz. Oh yeah. Because they're dealing with the best rookie in the NBA, and they're dealing with a team that's trying to figure out if they can win, and they're probably seeing this Jazz team as a pretty ripe piece of fruit to pull off the tree. So I'm not, I'm not expecting the Jazz to go out on Sunday night and get themselves a win. I don't expect – I'm not favoring the Jazz in any game. Any win from this point on is like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's a bonus. How sad is that? I mean, it's true. It, it is. It's, it, it's bummer. It's a bummer. But I like it goes back to what you're saying, though. I see both sides of this. Like, again, and I've said this all season long, you can be, as a jazz fan, know that this is a youth movement and know that this is a rebuild and also be grumpy about losses to Charlotte. Both things can be absolutely true at the same time. Like, you can be upset that there's no way this team should have lost to Charlotte last night and also understand that the Jazz are going all in on youth. Both things can very much be true, yeah. and you are entitled to having both opinions. I always just wonder how it sits with the big money people. Yes. You know, the people that invested in season tickets and and suites and front rows and – I always wonder how it sits with them because we, we, we jump on air. I mean, we've got media passes. We get out to as many games as we can. We, you know, we do what we can, but we don't, it's not a financial investment for us. Yeah. I'm thinking about the things that I love to do, or I love to go see. And let's say I show up for an MMA event. Well, it's, that's actually a perfect example. People nowadays, they pay for a UFC event, and they show up, and they get a couple of grapplers in the cage. What do they start doing? They start booing because nobody wants to see the wrestling. Nobody wants to see three five-minute rounds or five five-minute rounds. Everybody wants to see the action. Yeah. And I'm not paying. That's why wrestling has never hit mainstream because you, you, unless you wrestle, it's like, oh, well, it's just not. this is not entertainment to me. Yeah. 
I'll watch you watch wrestling in the Olympics and see your passion for it, and I'll sit back and be like, ooh. It's not your favorite. I'm struggling with this. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when the UFC puts fighters in, you got to have grappling. you got to have takedown defense. But what people are looking for is the haymaker. Yeah. The Superman punches, the jumps off the fence, you know, the crazy spinning elbows. And I wonder if the money people are looking for that with the Utah Jazz. And I wonder if they put a pressure on anybody. Like, hey, I'm not, this, this isn't what we're doing next year. We're going to hop back in when you guys get this team back in the playoffs. Do you think? I mean, you know uh, corporate I, better than I, I know corporate. I mean, I think that, uh, well, I think there might be a little bit of that, but I also do think that corporations treat those suites and treat those tickets like, hey, guess what? We're going to go to an NBA game last night. It's not about the Jazz. It's about the NBA experience. Okay. And I think more often than not, that's how it goes. And I also know, look, I don't know how the – I haven't been around in that jazz organization for a few years, but I imagine your sales guys are like, okay, well, yes, what? Yeah, you want to come back in when the playoffs are here? We can't guarantee you're going to have that's those. That's not going to happen. So you're going to need to hold on to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, though, those are, those are good points. <clears throat> I just – I guess I just wonder a little bit about that because – And it's a fair concern. B- yeah. Because out of the next 25 games – because of the moves that were made, and I don't want to overemphasize the moves because you you lost Kelly Olenek and Fontecchio. You know, I mean, it's not you, – you didn't lose Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. No. So – You it, didn't lose it's, Donovan and Rudy. It's like you can't fall off the cliff. But you're going to – I think the Jazz will lose 65 70% of these final games. Yes. Yep. All right. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. As uh, – we need to get Tom on here and uh, chat with him as we are live here at the warehouse, giving you all kinds of great deals. And when Tom hops on the air, you know you're going to get a boom. And he's not messing around. How are you, sir? What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. You having a good day? I'm so good looking today. <laughs> I know, man. Your hair is looking sharp today. Thank you. Hey, uh, I was at that game last night. Oh, how'd it go? People there. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm there. Troublesome and worrisome to me because Markinen, his heart's not in it right now. And that scares me. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough situation for sure. There's no doubt about it. But you come on down here, your heart's into this. Amen. And you, you can sell a lot of stuff right now. And the save people right a ton there. of money. The transition that we yep. need to go nuts. Yeah. I'm going to go nuts today. I have 30 California King adjustable beds. And in Utah, you sell one Cal King to seven Kings. So I'm upside down. So I'm going to sell them below what I paid for them. Your choice Either a slit, and this mattress is a Maloof gel-infused memory foam, uh, expensive mattress, nice mattress, with ligate and plat bases. This is a fifty-seven hundred dollar package. We're gonna do it for nine ninety-nine. Under a thousand. Nine ninety-nine. California King, best names in the industry. For a split. Split, but listen, what I'm gonna do? Okay. If you want a solid. Let's say you're not wanting to have a split and you want a solid. I'm going to throw in S-brand mattresses. 
I know what those are. Uh, I've got some Surtis, some Sealy's, some Stearns and Fosters. I've got some Kingsdowns that I'm going to do. I've got uh, all of my inventory of Cal Kings. These are mattresses that I sell for eight ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine. I'm going to do it with an adjustable base for nine ninety nine. Wow, that's incredible! Four days only. That's a great. I'm going to I'm going to go through Tuesday. Not miss this. This is once in a lifetime. Come down, check it out, see the place. Come see Scotty and I. Grab some candy. Say hi to Tom. You've heard him for years. Come say hi to him. Come say hi. 1825 South, 300 West. Again, every time we come down here, there's always great savings. But this one. That's big. This one's a little different. That's a boomer. That's a boomer. This is a big one. That's a DECA boomer. (laughs) Yep. Come on down. Tom's going to hook you up on those California Kings right here on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Nick Robinson, assistant basketball coach at BYU. Obviously, you tried to educate yourself on the Big 12 and prepare as coaching staff for this move, but you can't know everything. What's the biggest surprise been? You know, I think the biggest surprise is what we were told, but you can't really know until you experience it, that the Big 12 is a gauntlet. Every single night is a physical battle. It's very, very high-level coaching. It's very high-level individual players. It's very high-level teams. We understood that, but we had not experienced it. And now we're 13 games in and have a better sense of what that is and what it means to be in the middle of the gauntlet. And we're uh, super excited about the next game. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You're locked on to Han Solson and Scotty Chin. Chin, Chin. That's right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Han Solson, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all having a great Friday. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, 2.30, we'll have a chance to chat with a good friend of ours, Mason Falslev from that Utah State basketball team. I'm excited to catch up with him. Ask him what it's like being on a top top ranked team. Have they re ranked? Did they sneak back in the twenty five? They have not. Nope. They have not re ranked, or they have not. Well, the new ranks will come out on Monday. On Monday, yeah, they'll be back in the top twenty five. I guess depending maybe this weekend, but uh, yeah, we'll see. That San Diego State wins a big win, should, Scotty. That that should help out their cause for sure. I think that tells you a lot. Excited to talk with Mason. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll chat with him coming up at two thirty. We'll have a little NFL Combine preview coming up at one oh five, as the uh, Jazz take the loss last night, one fifteen, one oh seven, and essentially get ready, folks. This is what you're going to be working with. You, you know that update right there. Coach was talking about Taylor Hendricks and what he thought in his first start, and what he saw, and Scotty. I'm definitely you know with the help of. Will Hardy and Mike Smith and Thurl and everybody like I'm I'm definitely learning a lot more about the game. Like every time I watch and listen, I feel like I learn more. I, th- I feel like I know basketball pretty well, but I know athletes extremely well. Like when I watch speed or explosion or strength or the combination of all those things, 
I can evaluate athlete. Athlete. He's still just a baby. He's twenty. He's still just young. And when he sprung off the court off of, a, I believe it was a Miss Keontae George shot, and he outlept two Charlotte Hornets, ripped the ball out of one of their hands, kind of midair, rotated back towards the basket midair with the ball in his hand and put a touch off the finger that fell into the, the, the basket and took the and one. It, the, those moments are like okay that's a that's a little puppy and that little puppy has gigantic paws i know someday that's going to be a 140 pound dog yeah and taylor hendricks came across to me last night as an eventual 145 pound dog and i i don't know like what the the ultimate ultimate is for him and, and, and you know how my brain works, Scott. You've been doing this with me for years. I watch guys, and I instantly think of guys before them. And, like, some guys that have come before them that I know might be a different position or positional change. The, one of the guys that came to my mind was Derek Favors. I think that Hendricks has more shooting ability, and I actually think he is a better athlete than, you know, what the peak Derek Favors might have been. I think he'll have more speed. Now, he won't have maybe the height. Maybe he won't have the favor's length. But he is going to have so many tools, and he's going to be good. And so I'm all about it, man. Start the ignition on him. Rev him up. Let him go. Now, if it starts affecting his confidence, be really perceptive to that. Same with Keontae George. Yeah. You know, what San Antonio is doing with Victor Wembanyama right now is really important. How they're handling Victor having 11 wins and 45 losses when he's never lost in his life, it's important. Because Victor's confidence could get smashed. His belief in himself could get smashed. He might be thinking, oh, wait, I, I used to drag teams all by my lonesome. In every division, and every stage of my life, I could drag every team to a win. This losing thing, and I can't do it here in the NBA? So you've got to manage those things the right way. Well, and granted, I mean, I'm just going through some of your list of starters uh, that are playing college basketball across the state of Utah right now. And, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Dallin Hall, who is – you know, I'm trying to uh, trying to figure out when he was born. Um, but I mean, Dallin Hall is an older guy. Um, you look at a guy like well, Derek. Probably still born post 2000. Uh, I I don't. You know, that's the that's the only thing I'm trying to find is his birthday. You know, I'm just looking at some of these guys across that are playing uh, college basketball right now. Um, you know, like Raleigh Wooster, who's at Utah, and I know he's been dealing with injuries. He was born in 2000. Darius Brown at Utah State was born in 1999. He's your starting point guard, and he's 24 years old. Like, I think we got to take a step back here and realize that Taylor Hendricks is younger than Ash. Yeah. He's yeah. Your, your, da- your oldest mm-hmm. daughter. He's younger than my oldest. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Keontae George is about those same is about the same age as our. And just think of the mentality of our kids and throw them into an NBA. And, and it's not not any knock on our kids, but throw them in an NBA pressure cooker. Yeah, I, I also think a Taylor Hendricks story coming out of draft night when when we were sitting there with Coach and Jake and you know the whole crew and we're sitting there on draft night coverage and. I think it was Coach Cleveland that was talking about Taylor Hendricks' decision to even come out because he was such an immediate flash in the pan. It's not like this guy had developed through the ranks for years and and been earmarked as a first-round NBA draft pick. It kind of came around in a flash in a single season. And then we had an opportunity to interview Taylor Hendricks post-draft and either I asked him or Jake asked him uh, about that immediate movement. And I'll just tell people, like, we, when you're stepping into that world of professionalism, it's so eye-opening it, and it's so alarming and it can be so – not the word scare, intimidating. It can yeah. be intimidating. Yeah. And Taylor Hendricks goes out there in a given night with his first start, grabs – what did you say? Was it 28 minutes? 25, 26 minutes. 25, 26 minutes. Yeah. Goes in, nearly gets nearly gets a double-double. 25 minutes, 46 seconds. Nearly gets himself a double-double. 12 and 9. Think about how long it took Donovan Mitchell to get a double-double in this league. Yeah. It was like two years. Yeah, that's a good point. It took him like two years before he had a double assist night or it was a double rebound night. But I remember I was counting the – the games, I'm like, oh, geez, you're 120 games in. This kid hasn't hit a double-double yet. How one-dimensional is he? Now, that one dimension is spectacular, but it took him a long time. Yeah. And, you know, here's Hendricks fighting for boards and doing his things off offensively. So I like it, and I am – like I said, I actually think that it was the, – the timing of the move was brilliant for Will Hardy. Because it gave him the all-star weekend to plan through it. It gave them a little bit of time to let the rest of the team know it, mentally prepare for it, the direction and what we're going to be doing, and then getting some schemes and, man, matchups. How does he match up? And with him starting on the court with Collins and him on the court with Keontae and what's my placement? So it was really a good time to make the move. And then I also think that it takes all the stress off of him for wins and losses. It takes all the stress off. Of yep. Uh, and the one thing, I mean, look, I mean, we talked about his what he's done as a head coach and, and Bowler brought up, well, he signed a five-year contract. Like, there is no part of Will Hardy that's worried about being fired. No. None whatsoever. Look, this is Danny Ainge's golden boy, and nor should he, too, because he's been given – He's been put up against the eight ball a few times. He had a really good team last year. They got decimated at the trade deadline. He had to find a way to try to patch it together at the end of last year. He gets a little bit of an adjustment this year, and again, a trade deadline, loses key pieces, so he's got to readjust on the fly. Mm -hmm. Like the Jazz know what they've dealt for their head coach. They know what he's dealing with, and I think for the most part they've done a great job. And to your point, it's like, all right, this is what we're dealing with. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Yeah, you know, he's been given a turnip a tomato and three bags of salt and there's somebody's like they build me a german chocolate cake it's 
it's like <laughs> I know that I've given you a turnip. Yeah. I'm not expecting you to build me a German chocolate cake. Hey, but if you could figure out a way to make this turnip edible, that would be great. Where do you rank German chocolate cakes in terms of favorite cakes? Uh, not not high. You know, I always, it's always high. something that I always look at like, oh, man, oh, that, that looks that great. Looks that really looks great. Good. And then you get in it, you're like, eh. A caramely coconut topping. And then you get in it, and you're like, uh, that, nope. is that walnut? That's walnuts, isn't it? That's walnuts. Nope. I forgot. Yeah. This cake sucks. I mean, it, I, I, I've never had like a bad experience, but never what I think it's going to be. It's never what it is, what you think it's going to be. Yeah. And and it's I, I guess it's kind of a it's kind of a detailed cake to make. You know what I really dislike? I hate baklava. Really? Uh, yeah, I hate baklava. I just haven't had a lot of it. Honey and walnuts or, or yeah. whatever's in it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of like the the walnuts in mm-hmm. any kind of pastry. No, like, I don't like the walnuts and fudge. How about and like carrot cake? Like I don't want my I don't want any nuts in carrot cake. Carrot cake can be great. They can't have walnuts. Yeah. But carrot cake non walnut is pretty darn tasty. Yep. It could be really moist. And you know how I am about moisture. I know. You're all about it. Yeah. Yep. All about it. Hands and Scotty, twelve forty nine, what you may have missed. Next, ninety seven five, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. We're in Big 12 country now. You know what's really relevant in the Big 12? College basketball. And if the local programs can step up to the competition level, man, we're in for college basketball being really relevant around here and hopefully to stay. And good for BYU for kicking in the door. I didn't think they'd beat Baylor in their first year. Baylor is a upper echelon program. And BYU's beaten Baylor in their first year. Hats off to that program for meeting the challenge. Khalif, obviously the big story with his best outing of the season and got BYU some easy baskets. And then the other thing that BYU did very well is they won the math equation, which is if you're going to let us hit 14 threes, you're going to lose. And that's a smart design from Mark Pope. There's a lot of good going down in Provo in the basketball department and got to give them credit. I 100% admit I was skeptical about it. And what a year. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. On the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies. Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I am one of those melodramatic fools. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Friday, everybody. The weekend is here. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm becoming a bracketology dope. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah, because when you got teams in the state that are looking for seating, yeah. you, know, you sit there and you go through all these different bracketology options, and <laughs> I found one today. So it's got BYU as a six seed. Yeah. Guess who they've got playing in at the eleven. Please say Utah. Nope. No. Former West Coast Conference foe. Gonzaga? Yeah. Wow. Gonzaga, I mean, this is funny. BYU leaves the big tw- or the West Coast Conference, and then Gonzaga takes a slide. Yeah. Go figure. They would have absolutely won the West Coast. Well, <laughs> I think. But, the, you know, they probably lost to LMU. Yeah. There would have been some weird road loss to Pepperdine in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You, you go and you, you just count on it every year. You, you hit the curb at Santa Clara and you just can't get over it. Like, I don't know what it was. So 
I'd like to say they would have won the West Coast Conference. Because St. Mary's is better, but. But. But they play into it or, or you know, how much sway they've got in it. But but everybody knows classic pairings that bring interest, bring numbers, and a BYU-Gonzaga <laughs> matchup would be. Oh, man. Oh. I would love it so much. Uh, BYU seems to be hovering in that four to six range. Utah State anywhere from like the six to eight range I've been seeing. Um, and so, but but those are good signs that those two teams right now are pretty safely in the tournament. And Utah with a nice win over. Uh, yeah. And he... Or no, yesterday, wasn't it? Was that just, or was it Wednesday? Maybe he was. He was so open and so great, fun to talk to, and you know he was talking about Utah and where they currently sit and his expectations. I know that, and he knows it. They've got work to do, but it would be nice to see Utah get their stride a little bit, finish Look, out strong. Still, again, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Weber State to win the Big Sky tournament and for Utah to sneak in as an at-large. Uh, if they can string together some wins and maybe go on a run in the Pac-12 tournament and uh, see all – see four teams from the state of Utah in the tournament. I had somebody tell me that Weber State's got the best basketball player in the state. Oh, yeah, Dylan at the Jones. college level. Yeah. I saw he was seven times conference player of the week, I think, yeah. now. Yeah, that dude's special. He's really special. Uh, and, and, frankly, might be the most NBA-ready player in the state of Utah right now. Really? Yeah, I mean, just that the body that he has and the skill set that he has, I think he translates to the next level. I love Weber State. I really do. I love it. I love the way they manage it. I love what that school has become. My mom got a nursing degree there. And um, watching that thing stabilize and hold on to good coaches and hire good coaches. And I'm really hoping that – they can find a little bit of success and get things going with their football team. Um, I know that there were some that were skeptical of this coaching hire and this coaching staff hire, but I'm hoping they turn the corner and surprise people and remind them it's Weber State. Weber State's yep. got a solid base. Absolutely. All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Tom's hanging out with us. We're live here at the Warehouse 300 West. Uh, come on down, 1825 South. Let's get you squared away. And, Tom, all kinds of great savings going on down here. And what you talked about last time was just incredible. Uh, let's keep it going. We are going to re- remind everybody that we have a California King deal on an adjustable bed. Your choice, solid or split, nine ninety nine. Uh I cannot convey to you more clearly that this is the best deal that we've ever done on any split or solid adjustable bed. Now think about it. A $6,000 package for $9.99 and there's nothing wrong with it. It's brand new in a box. Uh, mattress. The splits are Maloof mattresses and Maloof is a Cash Valley company. Oh yeah. Uh, big uh, one of the leaders in the industry, uh, their uh, their mattresses are some of the finest mattresses made 
these mattresses you'd pay two grand for, and then put the bases with it. Nine ninety nine is insane. That's a great number. It's insane. If people have ever thought about getting them to split, now's the time. Now let's talk about a solid, or excuse me, a regular king. I have a regular king with therapeutic mattresses. This is a fifty-seven hundred dollar package on sale. Uh, rooms to go, which they don't have stores in Utah, but these rooms to go has it online for fifty-seven hundred bucks. We're gonna do a split king, um, Liggett and Platt bases, nineteen ninety-nine. There you go. Now. That just tells you how unbelievable the cow king deal is. But if you need a regular king, because your bedroom set is a king bedroom set, nineteen ninety nine for that deal is the best deal we've ever done. Mm. It's nuts. Now, let's just talk mattresses. I'm going to do, um, and we did this last week, and we had an, an enormous response. I'm going to do therapeutic mattresses. Uh, one of the better brands, queens and kings only. I've got queens that I'm going to do two ninety nine, three ninety nine, four ninety nine. These are values twelve hundred to twenty five hundred dollars. Two ninety nine. This is the entry level mattress that you fill the springs as soon as you sit on it. Come look at these mattresses. These are 13 to 16 inch mattresses. 299, 399, 499. Great deals. And then I have a few kings. I don't have a few. I have several kings left, but we're going to do kings. 399, 499, 799. The 799, it's a $3,700 mattress. It's amazing. Last but not least for this break, I have queens only left. I don't even have to talk about it. It's such an incredible deal. Kings down. Queens for two ninety nine, three ninety nine, four ninety nine. That's insane. Those are amazing. It really is. Come on down. Insane. It's mattress time, people. Yep. Boom. It is. And you do deliver. We do. Yep. You need delivery. We'll take care of you. Financing. If you have bad credit, no problem. We'll take, take care of you. If you yeah. have a checking account uh, and a job, I'll get you financing. Love it. 1825 South, 300 West. It's the warehouse. Tom and the crew ready to get you squared away. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.